This is the Inside Out Story Podcast, a place where we take you deep into the world of storytelling. Now, here are your hosts, John Booker and Jeremy Casper. Welcome to the Inside Out Story Podcast. I'm John Booker, and I'm interested in why we tell stories. And I'm Jeremy Casper, and I'm interested in the how we tell stories. Jeremy, today we're going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to your heart, <laughs> uh, but it's it's also an area of interest that we both share, and that is transcendent storytelling. Yeah. So for somebody who's completely unfamiliar with that idea, that concept, um, you know, we you, you might know what uh, transcendence is, but for someone who doesn't even know what that word means, could you unpack that idea of transcendent storytelling? What does that mean? Yeah, sure. Well, we're just going to dive right in, talk about some <laughs> transcendence here. <laughs> uh, well, when I talk about transcendence, when I speak about it and write about it, um, I have to differentiate between a few things just uh, in order for us to have a, a productive conversation about it. And the first thing is to do exactly what you just said, John, and that is to you know talk about what do we mean by transcendence. Um, so I talk about the transcendent experience first. And uh, the transcendent experience is something that is in all forms of transcendent storytelling. But once we get into the nuances of the actual stories, we start to break it out into finer components. So let's start with the experience. What do we mean when we say transcendence? First of all, I think to offer a definition of transcendence, a definitive definition, this is exactly what transcendence is. I think it's kind of foolish (laughs) to do that uh, (laughs) because transcendence really... I mean, the very essence of what it is, is it transcends human language, it transcends human logic, and oftentimes when we have these transcendent experiences, words fail us, you know, to try to articulate what this thing is that I just went through. Um, So for the sake of what I talk about, I I look at transcendence in two different ways in this transcendent experience. Uh, The first way that I think that many people can identify with is this idea of just being connected to something greater than ourselves. Um, A lot of people will call this thing the divine, um, something that's, that's beyond body, mind, and soul. You know, we started to get into the, the spiritual components of life, this thing that just, it's outside of ourselves, but we feel connected to it. And I think we've all had those moments where we've uh, engaged a piece of art, we've seen a film, um, or just walking down the streets, contemplating something really small and tiny, seemingly insignificant, where suddenly we have this epiphany moment, and we feel connected, deeply connected to something that's bigger than ourselves. And in those true transcendent moments, they are oftentimes um, moments of being overwhelmed, but at the same time in deep, great awe. Um, But it's also usually very humbling. It's a very humbling experience of of being able to say, wow, there's so much out there that's so much greater than me. There's something going on in this universe that, that is so much bigger than I am, and yet I am so grateful because in this moment, I am aware that I am connected to it in some way. Mm. So, so you know, the, the broadest sort of definition of transcendence um, is, is sort of that sort of experience with the divine. Um, one of the, the aspects of transcendence that I, I talk about when it comes to storytelling, though, is this idea of warring ideologies. 
And um, I talk about two different types of stories uh, when I, I lecture on a transcendent storytelling. I talk about the transcendent story, and I talk about the lesson story. And a lesson story is the type of story that most of us experience when we go to, to Hollywood films and read books, and they're really good stories. Nothing wrong with a lesson story. But in a lesson story, what you have are two warring ideologies. And in a lesson story, what has to happen in the end is the character has to choose between one ideology or the other. And there are places for these kinds of stories, uh, and we can talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but the transcendent story is the story in which the character enters into some sort of humble, peaceful relationship with both sides. Mm. So it's not about killing off one or the other or choosing between right and wrong. It's this, this transcendent place of existence where we can say it's not either or, it's both and. Mm. And, and it's not just a, uh, I'm just going to sort of contend with these things and just accept the fact that I'm just gonna be in this battle my whole life. It's, it's, it's transcendent, it, it's above that. It's saying that no, somehow these seemingly two disparate parts um, of these warring ideologies may actually have a relationship with each other, and that relationship they share with each other is a good thing. Uh, so that's just a really broad overview yeah. of what we're talking about when yeah. we talk about transcendence. That's really good. Um, you know, you and I both share a, a deep appreciation for psychology as mm -hmm. sort of the base of our, our storytelling foundation. And I, I think it's worth mentioning, you know, that both Freud and Jung spoke about our confronting other, are confronting the other, this mm -hmm. idea of the other, mm -hmm. which is, is basically any force or concept or idea that's outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And in some sense, that is the transcendent, really, anything, you know, that is, is outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, what I like about sort of bringing that definition into transcendent storytelling is then we, we also connect to... Um, confronting other just in our our day-to-day -day lives yes confronting people of other races confronting people of other sexual orientations confronting people with different stories and backgrounds than us so i i i think i like um where, where some people, I think, may dismiss transcendent storytelling to say, well, I tell stories about the here and now and about day-to-day -day mm -hmm. life and the things going on in day-to-day -day life. I think that's transcendent storytelling as well mm -hmm. when we're confronting the idea of other in our day-to-day yes. -day lives. Any, any insight or thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, John, I do think, and I want to be careful not to, to go off on a rabbit trail here, but I do think that there are some things that are programmed in our evolutionary DNA <clears throat> that, um, that sort of give us over to this idea of putting things into categories and boxes. There, there were epochs in human evolutionary history, there were times where putting people in the category of the other protected you. Mm. You know, when you were a, a small tribe without fortified cities, and there were warring tribes all around you that you wanted your resources, there was a time in our history where it made sense to say, keep the other out. Mm. Um, but that's, that's ancient human history. And that's one of the things about transcendent storytelling and transcendence just in, in humanity about our progression as a human race is, I think one of the things that sets us apart from ancient humans and what sets us apart from the animal kingdom is the fact that we actually can make choices in those situations. And so, you know, when someone has a knee-jerk reaction, um, sort of a fear of the other, I don't immediately point a finger at them and say, you're evil and wrong. Mm. 
Uh, there's part of that that's like, okay, some of that's programmed in your DNA, but you can rise above that. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 really wars have been fought, millions of lives have innocent lives have have been lost. Um, we can't get along as a human race now because we put people in the other category. Putting people in that those binary boxes of other, it's the heart of xenophobia, it's the heart of hate. Mm. And so I think where we are now in our human progression is to say, let's stop and let's be better than some of our primal evolutionary background. And let's let's enter into what I call, John, deep listening. Mm. And I, and I write a lot and I talk a lot about this this idea of deep listening. And what it is, is a very conscientious choice of going into a situation and saying, even if this situation causes all sorts of red flags to go up inside of me, even if I'm afraid to listen to this rhetoric that that um, is causing me to put up my defenses, I am going to choose in this moment to look beyond that and to just listen. Mm. Um, and I think that in order to be a transcendent storyteller, to be transcendent in life, to deal with the things that you're talking about, the you know the the people in society who aren't like us, we cannot learn to progress as a human race unless we are able and willing to make the conscientious choice to deeply listen to people that we have historically put in the other box. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's really interesting. Even when you look back at the history of storytelling and the the you know ancient stories that still resonate with people today uh, the epic of Gilgamesh the Odyssey you, you often have these stories of these heroes these characters that go on a journey they encounter the other they encounter creatures that don't look like them they encounter people that are not like them um, they, they encounter all these these beings that are in this category of other and they they cannot judge those things by uh, their initial impression. They cannot immediately make snap judgments. Some of those uh, creatures and beings turn out to be friends. Some yes. of them turn out to be foes. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a, a long history uh, in the storytelling tradition of this confrontation of the other and finding transcendence once we bump up against the other. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I think there's some connection between encountering and engaging forces and beings that are different than us and is, is a pathway to transcendence. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And, and you know, John, I, I do want to say too, you know, back when I was talking about the lesson stories, just to kind of build on what you were saying, you know, I, I don't want to imply that there isn't a place for stories about good and evil and Mm. right and wrong. You know, there are times in our history where we need stories that are saying, you know what, racism, 100% wrong. This is not not an area of compromise. This is not an area where we're going to try to see both sides and just get along. There are times and places for us to stand up and say, nope, we, we've got to we've got to fight for something. Some stories are better than others. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, my favorite characters in stories, John, are the mentor characters. I, I just love the mentor characters. And uh, as I've been sort of walking through this process of transcendent storytelling and what it means, I, I always gravitate to these characters 
because they are the transcendent characters in storytelling. And yet, if you look at so many historic examples of mentors, even some modern examples like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Dumbledore and... Uh, um, you know, these characters that we, the, the, the guys with the pointy beards and, and you know, the, the hats, you know, we, we resonate with these characters because they've basically, in essence, seen the end of the film already. Mm. Uh, but one of the things that I love about these characters is transcendent as they are, they still recognize that sometimes you pick up a sword and you fight. Yeah. Sometimes there's something that's worth laying your life down for, to die for. Mm. Um, so this idea of deep listening and, and, and listening to opposing sides is so important to be a transcendent storyteller. But I don't want to lose this idea that there is a time and a place to say, you know what? Women have been historically abused and marginalized and treated like second-class citizens, and this has to stop now. Mm. No compromise yep. now. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because um, I I think also you know a lot of transcendent stories sometimes are found in the most unlikely of places, Mm. Um, and I think good storytellers are able to sort of implant transcendent stories in unlikely places. Mm-hmm. One of the most transcendent moments I experienced in a story was actually in Pulp Fiction when, you know, Vincent and Jules have this experience where they have these shootout with, uh, this shootout with these guys and they're not hit by the bullets. And then there's this really interesting conversation that John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson have in the film where they discuss... Is there something beyond us? Is there something Mm. more? Because I should have been killed by those bullets, but I wasn't. So is there such thing as the transcendent? And, you know, Samuel L. Jackson claims, yes, there (laughs) has to be because something stopped those bullets. And, you know, John Travolta's character, Vincent, he's unconvinced. He's like, no, there's there's no such thing. You know, maybe this happened or maybe that happened, but there's no such thing as transcendence. Even having conversations about the existence of transcendence causes me as an audience member to then really think about that and and question transcendence in my own life. Mm -hmm. And it it causes me to consider some of those deepest universal human questions of, is there something more? Is there something beyond what I can see and touch? Is there um, a, a, a universe beyond what I have become familiar with, because history would tell us, yes, there is. Anytime mm-hmm. you think you're seeing the full picture, you know, there, there was a time when people thought the earth was flat. There was a time when people had no idea what was making them sick. But as history progresses, we find there's more and more out there that we are just unfamiliar with. And we'd be stupid to think that now <laughs> we've come to a place where we there's no more transcendence left for us. There's nothing more lying beyond. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you had a transcendent experience with Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. And, yeah. and I think that's really something important to note, too, is that the transcendent experience is something that you can have with literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have a transcendent experience with a film that isn't by 
definition a transcendent movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had a transcendent experience watching Back to the Future one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it get hardly a transcendent film, you know, to say the least. But I had a moment where yeah. I felt connected to the divine because of a specific thing that happened in that film that triggered something in me that caused me to think about something deeper. But I think you bring up a really interesting point, John. You talked about, you know, transcendence really being about sort of rising above situations and seeing things from a new perspective. Mm. And one of the things that, um, that one uh, thing that I engage in that oftentimes leads me to transcendence is, ironically, when I fly in an airplane. Mm. And I'm 42 years old, and I am still enamored with this <laughs> idea of human flight. And I still, to this day, I want a window seat because I want to look out and I want to see the world. And one of the things that um, happens to me on almost every flight is when I'm looking out at the world and I see these mountains and these hills I can see for miles, and I see that I see a pattern. I see that somehow this hill is in relationship with this hill over here and this mountain over here. And I can see how the, the rivers and, and, and created and carved the landscape because I'm so high above it and I can mm. see it. However, if I'm down in the middle of it, mm -hmm. a hill is just a hill. Wow. You know, that's good. And I think that so much of transcendence, transcendent storytelling is about that. It's elevating an audience or in some cases a character to a place where they can literally see their world and their surroundings from a, a, a transcendent perspective that's above and beyond how really the typical normal person is going to view life. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that's really, really good. I, I think I'm wondering if there's not a relationship between transcendence and memory hmm. because I've often, at least in my own experience, I've often recognized transcendence after it's happened, looking back, mm. and in the moment, I didn't necessarily realize I was having a transcendent moment. Like, for example, that Pulp Fiction moment. Mm -hmm. I, at the time, was laughing and was listening and was enjoying the film. I didn't necessarily recognize I was having such a deep transcendent moment until later. And it, it, there's also something, you know, besides memory with... I think how often that moment returns to you. Mm, because, you yeah. know, I saw that film 20 some odd years ago. I'm still sitting here talking about a moment I had with that film mm -hmm. that's returned to me time and time and time again. So I, 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 I'm wondering if there is a relationship between memory and the ability of a, a moment to return that we, we would tag it transcendent. Um, it seems to me transcendent moments are not something that just happen in a moment and then you never really think about it again. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because I, I anecdotally speaking, I had the exact same experience with the movie Contact. Mm. When I saw that in the theaters 20 years ago, 1997 it came out, when I saw that film in the theaters, I actually didn't like it that much. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was okay. And, and I had a lot of just issues with the film. Um, but it didn't leave me. Mm. And I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it. And a few months after it came out, a friend of mine wanted to see it. And I was like, well, all right, I'll go see it again. Mm -hmm. And I watched it the second time, and I was like, this might be my new favorite film. Mm. And since then, um, anyone who knows me knows that Contact is one of my all-time favorite movies. And you're right, there's so many moments in that film that I am constantly referencing. And I'm like, yeah, life is like that, yeah. like that moment when Matthew McConaughey asked Jodie Foster, do you love your father? And Jodie Foster looked at him almost offended and said, of course. Yeah. 
And then Matthew McConaughey turned to her and said, we'll prove it. Yeah. And that moment, still to this day, I go back to that moment all the time. When, when Ellie is sitting before the congressional um, hearing at the end of the film, and she's trying to describe what she experienced in outer space because she has no empirical data to prove it, she's describing transcendence. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just these really beautiful, impactful moments. And I think that this is, again, just one more example from Contact, but how you know, transcendent storytelling is something, I think in, in essence, John, really all artists, they aspire to do. Yeah. We may not call it transcendence, but I think that's what we want to do, give, give tangible form to the intangible. Yeah. And there's a moment in contact when Jodie Foster's out in space and she's looking out the window and she sees what she calls this, you know, celestial event and it's beautiful unfolding in front of her. And here she is, a, an empirical woman of science, of data and an evidence. And as she's looking at this event, tears well up in her eyes and she says, they should have sent a poet. Mm. And I think to me, that's where the role of this, the transcendent storyteller comes in. Ellie could have in essence said, they should have sent a storyteller. Yeah. Because what I can describe here um, empirically, what I can write down on paper does not do this justice. It is beyond that. Yeah. I really do think that storytelling, whether it's transcendent or not, storytelling is the language of the soul. Yeah. And I think that that's what storytellers we are are hoping to do. We're hoping to tap into the soul and communicate that um, to audiences when we tell our stories. Yeah, I know that one of your favorite uh, quotes is from documentarian Ken Burns, who said, "You know, good story is one plus one equals three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder what your thoughts are on sort of is are we able to reverse engineer transcendent <laughs> storytelling? Um, you know, or is it like, uh, you know, trying to uh, take apart uh, a horse to see how it works and then put it back together? (laughs) Um, I'm wondering, you know, are we able to um, reverse engineer transcendent storytelling to see what the parts are that Mm -hmm. make it work? Or is it that one plus one equals three, that there's some sort of magic element that we can't really put our finger on? Um, but maybe we can just get in the the realm of or or in the ecosystem of and yeah. then you know float around what what do you think well several thoughts on that i you know i think that um we, you know earlier i talked about the lesson story and you know john one of the things that i have discovered is that teaching people how to tell a lesson story actually is in terms of teaching it's a lot easier all right, just here's a character, here's a problem, here's how they need to grow, here's steps one, two, and three. Um, teaching transcendent storytelling is a lot different, mm. and it's a lot harder. Mm. And part of the reason why is because it it is ethereal. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it transcendence doesn't have these you know fine tuned handles. You know, that we can just put on it and just do the plug and play method. I would even go as far as to say that if somebody tells you here is the paint by numbers way of telling transcendent storytelling. I would say, don't listen to that person. They Mm. don't know what they're talking about. Mm. I will say this, though, that I do think, I think this is true with a lot of areas of our lives, but I don't know if you can really tell a transcendent story if you haven't experienced transcendence yourself. Mm. Like, I I do think that that's important. And something we don't really talk a lot about in writing classes 
but that's sort of the the internal life of the artist. Yeah, you know that that we we talk about storytelling in terms of its ability to change the world, but we don't really talk a whole lot about the process of storytelling having the ability to change the author mm. and this this soul work you know that we really need to be doing apart from writing you mm-hmm. know just as human beings um, asking the hard questions staring the other in the face and even through our fear you know um, engaging those things in life that are terrifying mm. and and I I don't know if you can tell transcendent storytellings if you haven't gone on some sort of process where you have been willing to stare scary things in the face and not look away. Yeah, so. that I I think you're onto something with that because there there's something to the nature of transcendence itself that means letting go. That's yes. that's facing the opposite direction of what you've been facing. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to transcend, it means you actually have to move from one place. To another, yes. which is having the bravery, the courage to take a step, mm-hmm. to move out of the place you've been. And while there's a certain element of that that is common to all stories of moving mm-hmm. a character from the place they've been, I I almost envision you know the transcendent storytelling being very much uh, uh, the image of. Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, uh, when he can't see that stone bridge that's in front of him when he's got to cross yes. over this giant gap. And in some sense, he he takes a leap of faith leap from of faith. the lion's mouth <laughs> yes. um, where he, he does move even though it looks like nothing's there. Mm-hmm. And then the beautiful transcendent moment is actually there was something there all along. There was nothing to fear all along. But the point was overcoming that fear within him so that he might could move to this new place. Absolutely. I, I, I love that scene from the film. There's just so many analogies that you can pull from it. And I think you're right, John, that true transcendence, that anytime we are moving into higher phases of moral development, it requires death. Yeah. It does require a shedding of the old self. And, in, and that death is usually metaphoric, mm-hmm. but it's going to feel like death, you yeah. know, and, and we avoid death at all costs. And usually the full transcendence experience, literally moving, not just those moments where, oh, I just feel connected to the divine and then I move on, but those transcendent moments that literally change us as people, they're painful. Yeah. They're very, very painful. And I think one of the big differences between lesson stories and transcendent stories, uh, just to, to, to qualify this, because I think you're right, John, in all good storytelling, characters change. Right. You know, we definitely want to see that. But there's a big difference between learning a lesson and having new information about how to do life and maybe learning that the way you'd been doing life before wasn't working right and there's a new way to do it. And that's a lesson story that's good. That's one thing. In the transcendent storytelling, usually what happens is a character has their entire worldview changed. Mm. You know, it's not just learning a lesson. It is the fundamental way in which I have historically viewed reality, existence, life, and humanity is now different. Yeah. And uh, there is nothing more terrifying than having your worldview changed. Yeah. Because what it does is it calls into question everything you've mm. believed up to that point. Mm. Every lens that you have looked at the world through gets shattered. Mm. And for the first time in your life, everything that you have used to make sense of the world, you now question. Mm. And that initial process is 
terrifying. It's yeah. so scary. Now, the people who continue through the process, they oftentimes realize, you know, some of that stuff in the past is still good. Mm-hmm. I can still hang on to all that. Even though I'm calling it all into question, it doesn't necessarily mean it's all bad. Uh, but that transcendent experience to me, it, it's the full transformative transcendent experience always requires a death. And the full transcendent experience um, is oftentimes characterized and defined by an entire shift of a worldview. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about the role of transcendence and transcendent storytelling as it uh, as it uh, connects to genre. Hmm. Um, you know, I think when we hear that term transcendent storytelling, it's very easy to think, well, these are dramas. Mm-hmm. Although... You know, I would I would say that horror films, to mm-hmm. a great extent, uh, yeah. can encompass transcendent storytelling, mm-hmm. and um, I've even experienced comedies that mm-hmm. you know I I thought you know in Bruce Almighty I thought yeah. there's a transcendent uh, you know experience there. So could we talk about genres and also connect that to the idea of transcendence? In the main character versus transcendence in the heart of the audience yes, watching. Yes, you went exactly where I was going to go to next, John. When I talk about transcendent storytelling, I do talk about two different types of stories. Mm-hmm. And one is just what you described, a story in which a character experiences transcendence and a, a film that is specifically designed to give an audience a transcendent experience. And to be honest, John, most of what I talk about has to do with the characters uh, who experience transcendent storytelling. When you look at films like, um, you know, The Tree of Life and mm-hmm. some of these films, these art house films that are gorgeously beautiful, those films are specifically crafted to give an audience an opportunity to experience transcendence. Mm. They're beautiful. They're, they're, they are literally visual poetry. Um, to talk about how to make those kinds of films, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's mind blowing. And there's some people out there who've done some great work on that. And I love talking about those kinds of films, but I, I do think in terms of, of, of what I really enjoy talking about are those films in which the character experiences transcendence. And anytime the character experiences something, there's an opportunity for the audience to experience as well. That's right. So when we're looking at character, it's a lot easier to start talking about genre. Yeah. Um, horror is a really a great um, genre in which the, you can experience transcendence. I think the Babadook is a really good example of a, of a character transcendent, um, you know, horror film. A story in which, uh, you know, in a sense, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, <laughs> um, but uh, in a sense, uh, a main character who doesn't kill the monster at the end. Yeah. And instead, has to somehow learn how to coexist with the monster. There are elements of transcendence there. Yeah. You know, how do we live with the monsters in our lives? Yeah. You know, um, your example of Bruce Almighty comedies. You know, we can definitely see that. Um, I tend to be a drama guy, so that's where I go. <laughs> um, sci-fi, easy. You know, easy genre. When you start, you know, delving into the cosmos and science and and com- the complexity of things that we don't understand, yeah. uh, you know, like hardcore sci fiction. Yeah. Um, you know that stuff. It you can't really engage um, the ethical questions of technology and and what's lying before us in the next hundred, two hundred years without starting to ask some pretty profound questions about what does it mean to be a human being anymore? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so I think even, you know, shows like Black Mirror, you mm-hmm. know, there are some stories in, in that series that really cause, cause you to say, wow, like, who am I? What is my place in this universe? How am I connected to it all? Um, so transcendent character stories really can work in any genre. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I think, um, many people 
apart from storytelling, when they hear the idea of, of transcendence, um, depending on what lens you're putting to it, you know, there's this scientific idea of transcending space and time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of science fiction sort of provides that as an entry gateway into um, the story that they're telling, you know, mm -hmm. the idea of, of transcending space or time. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, that's it's such a perfect gateway into a story that's going to talk about um, transcending our own experiences here on Earth. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's something in. I'd be interested. I'd be curious to know what you think about this. There's something helpful about setting a story also far enough outside of our normal day-to-day -day routine in order to experience transcendence or have a character experience transcendence through it. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that's true or? Oh yeah, I absolutely. And I, and again, I think sci-fi is a great genre to do that in. You know, John, when I, I sit and think about, you know, the cosmos, when I sit and when I sit and try to you know comprehend the distance between the Earth to the Moon, I'm overwhelmed. You know, <laughs> let alone the size of our solar system, our galaxy, the universe. Um, you know, Voyager One, I think, is traveling around thirty-five thousand miles an hour through you know the galaxy, just 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 now leaving our solar system. Traveling at that speed, it would take uh, Voyager One two billion years just to cross our galaxy. Yeah. And scientists are now saying there's anywhere from one to two trillion galaxies in the universe. <laughs> and so when you start to you, when you start to realize how much out there there is out there that we'll never know about, at least in my lifetime, it can be very saddening and, and it can be a very depressing thought. So to tell a story where we say, you know what, we're going to skip over all that. Yeah. And we're going to actually create a story in which it's far enough removed from reality that we're going to tell a story about a character who can go to the other side of the universe, mm -hmm. who can go to the far reaches of the galaxy, and we're going to have conversations about what potentially could be there. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I think that's why science fiction is just such a great place to go, or such a great platform, a great stage, a great arena to tell transcendent stories from, because it it pushes beyond those limits that sometimes keeps us from the knowledge we so desperately want. Yeah, so. maybe transcendence is difficult to talk about directly. I mean, when you look at yeah. ancient texts, uh, you often have parables and things of that nature where we say, okay, so it's like this. You know, we, yes. we say yeah. um, transcendent reality is like this, and mm -hmm. we use some sort of metaphor that is close to our existence here, rather than trying to talk about it uh, directly. And, yeah. and metaphor is sort of that language of the unconscious. Yes. Um, maybe maybe that's how we approach transcendent storytelling sometimes. I think that's the best way mm. to approach it. And, and, and this is why transcendence is so nebulous. I think it was uh, Richard Rohr who said um, that, you know, metaphors are great, they're wonderful, but they're not perfect. Yeah. And so no matter how far you take a metaphor, you'll eventually run into some some part of that metaphor that doesn't work <laughs> to yeah. describe what it is you're trying to talk about. And so when the best language we have to describe you know, transcendence is something that can only do it at about 90%, <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, I think, number one, it motivates the artist to just keep trying harder and to yeah. try to find new metaphors to talk about what this experience is. Um, so absolutely, and again, going back to that idea, if anyone tries to tell you that transcendence is A, B, and C, <laughs> end of conversation. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. Transcendence is like 
the stream flowing through the meadow and the ecosystem of the small pond and the fish in the pond. In that, like that's, that's how we talk about transcendence. Uh, and we're pulling, the reason we use metaphors is we're trying to find soul language that everybody can have some kind of relationship with, you know. I'm not going to pull a metaphor that you couldn't relate to, yeah. you know. But yeah, metaphor storytelling, all the language of the soul. Yeah. Jeremy, you know, my emphasis is on why we tell stories. Yes. So I would love to to kind of wrap up today by asking you, why tell transcendent stories? What's, yeah. what, is, what do they accomplish that are not accomplished through any other means of storytelling? John, I've actually thought a lot about this. And, you know, I just think that right now in society, especially in here in the States, we are at such a crucial point in our history where laying down our arms and deeply listening to opposing arguments and trying to find transcendent relationships and existences between warring sides is so crucial. Um, we live in a black and white society, a binary society. You know, here in the States, John, it's, I, I can't really say that, well, I'm a capitalist, but I also believe that some regulations are good. If I say that, I am automatically 100% a socialist or a communist. You know, <laughs> there's no place for a nuanced middle. I can't say that, you know what, I don't like abortion. I don't like it at all. But I also will vehemently protect the rights of a woman to make that choice for herself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, in our society, we're not allowed to have those nuanced, complex, gray, murky, messy opinions about things. Our society demands that we take definitive positions on everything mm. and look at where it's getting us. Mm. It's just fueling hate. It's fueling... We're literally seeing wars being fueled right before our eyes right now because of xenophobia, because of fear of the other, because we don't deeply listen, and we don't really want to look the opposing argument in the face. We don't want to deeply listen to it. And I think one of the reasons we don't want to deeply listen, John, is because we're afraid if we look into that opposing side, we might see something about ourselves we don't like. Mm. And that means we have to change. Mm. And I think that right now, more than any other time, uh, especially in American history, but I think in the world, um, we need to stop talking so much and we need to start listening. And I think that really so much of transcendent storytelling is about deep listening. Mm. It's a wonderful place to uh, to conclude today. Enjoy the gay, the the gray, um, yes. revel in listening, and we will see you next time on the Inside Out Story Podcast. Keep telling stories. This is the Inside Out Story Podcast, a place where we take you deep into the world of storytelling. For more information on the story, the host of the show, upcoming speaking engagements and seminars, visit our website at theinsideoutstory.com. The Inside Out Story Podcast is a production of Sideshow Media Group.